When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Just have resting (laughs) fart face. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Who's the winner? Some may say none of them. But let the games begin. Three questions, one winner. It's Cram Session with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. All right, Jonathan Harrison has put together a fine list of questions that all of us studied well before the show. In yeah, you clearly <laughs> knew coming in. All right, let's... Uh, studied th- about as well as I did for finals. <laughs> did you uh, study for finals? Congratulations. No. Me neither. No, never. What would you go to school for? Radio broadcasting. Oh. Yo, this, <laughs> there, there's a final? There's a final there to was be... A, <laughs> there wasn't high school. I don't know about radio broadcasting. <laughs> Finals in high school. And those finals have led you to lead this segment right here, Cram Session on Mackie and Judd with Rami, where Jonathan asks us three questions and then scores us a point based on who he thinks answered the questions the best or sucked up the most, whatever. that that works too. The first question is actually three questions in one. The Twins AL Central Division lead is now up to two and a half. I want three predictions from you here. How high will that lead go through Mm. the rest of the season? How low will that lead get? And by how much will the Twins win this division? You want me to go first? Sure. All right. Um, that lead will go as high, again, as three and a half games. So it, it's going to get up Only here. Only as high as three and it's a half. Gonna, yeah. I don't think Cleveland is going to lose quite as much as we think that they might. And so it's not that Twins aren't going to continue to win, especially against White Sox and Tigers. Oh, my. It's the fact that Cleveland's not going to fall back that much. Three and a half games. They play six more times. It will be even again at some point. They, wow. they will be tied for the division lead again at some point. But ultimately, the Twins will then pull away enough to win the division by two games. So I'm going to say... Three and a half, even two. The lead will get as big as six games. It will get as low as two and a half games, and they will win the division by at least five games. And I only say that because of 26 games left. Against the White Sox, Royals, and Tigers. What were your numbers again? Six, two and a half, and five. I said it'll get as big as six. Mm -hmm. It'll get down to to one and a half just at some point, maybe in the next, well, like if the Twins lose tonight, or I don't know. Are they two and a half now? Mm -hmm. I just want to build in a little bit of padding there. And I think they win it by at least four games. You got to keep in mind here. The what's happening right now is exactly what happened when the Indians shaved the entire lead down. 
the Indians played Detroit for like two months, and the Twins now get to do that. The Indians now the it's not like the Indians have the hardest schedule in the world, but they do have to play three games against what's sort of a resurgent Mets team over the past few months on the road. Uh, they've got to play at Tampa, which is headed toward a 90-plus win season, three games toward the end of the month. And during those series, the Twins are playing what are going to be 90 and 100 lost teams. Later on in the year, the Indians still have to play the feisty Philadelphia Phillies. And Washington hasn't waved the flag yet. Like, Washington might be out by the by the time you know the season's over. But Twins play them, too. But, like... The twins, so the the twins play so many games against Kansas City, Detroit, and Chicago. I think they're going to blow it back up to six and win it by four plus. So that's they have twenty six games left against those teams. The Indians have sixteen. Those ten games matter. That's a big difference. Yeah. While I tend to agree with Judd on these things, I don't think that that lead will only be three and a half. I think it'll get bigger at some point because what you just said. They're playing such weak teams down the stretch, while the Indians still have very tough games going down the stretch. I don't think the lowest this lead will get two and a half. So, Phil, I'm going to agree with you. You get the point. I think the lead will get below one one and a half at some point, but I don't think the lowest it's ever going to be is this two and a half that it's at right now. Six games left with Cleveland. Prove yourself. Go five and go five and one. But that ten game gap between like the twenty six versus those crappy teams and the Indians get sixteen. Even if the Indians beat you five out of six, you can still make it up by just crushing Detroit. Now, if you lose games to Cleveland and Detroit, okay. Now there's you got problems. Now there's cause for. Yeah, we'll see. Brios is still giving up ten runs a game. I don't like their chances. So now to the question that Phil teased earlier, unwittingly, or just flat out asked. Yeah, because I just, just read the prep sheet. But that's <laughs> what is the weirdest way you've tried to sneak something into an event or place that it shouldn't have been? So it wasn't, although. I used to I used to drive around. He's starting without a caveat. <laughs> I used to drive well, around on. with this thing. I never used it to like sneak into a venue, but it was it was mostly to hide. Um, yes, paraphernalia. Let's just say paraphernalia. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when I was when I was in high school, um, I had there were these things called cassette players. You guys remember cassette players? Mm, remember. Um, I had I had one. That the the guts were completely removed from it. It was completely gutted out, empty on the inside, and you had to hit eject on the tape player, and the little flap that the cassette went into would come forward, and you could grab the flap and pull the whole thing apart, and it was just it was just empty on the inside. And I remember one night, a friend was over for the first time, and we had enjoyed some of the paraphernalia that goes inside of said cassette player, and I showed him how it opens up, and he was just on the gr- like literally on the ground laughing for like 20 minutes at the ingeniousness and and savvy that I showed by gutting out a cassette player and hiding my uh paraphernalia inside I tell you I'm not a very good catcher I'm much better at getting high than getting low <laughs> <laughs> did you ever get did you ever get caught with this particular contraption? Uh yeah, my dad walked down one day <laughs> while it, while I was opening up my cassette player. Oh. Yeah. Yes, what you, what you listening to there? Yeah, Rob? a little uh, Neil Diamond maybe. Smooth jazz. The uh paraphernalia went down the toilet. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's too bad. Yeah. That's no bueno. That I actually had a similar story um uh, and it wasn't 
paraphernalia, I would just call it, I don't know, bottles of alcohol. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And I believe I told Judd this story a while back, but uh, I had some friends when I was in college. I went to the University of Minnesota. My friends went to St. Thomas. And St. Thomas had a couple on-campus apartment complex situations that were very strict security. They check people's bags. So you, you can't just... You can't just walk in, get a guest pass with a backpack or bags and just go. They literally will go through people's bags to make sure that you're not sneaking things that you're not supposed to sneak into their complex, okay? So my buddy and I had caught on to this little security situation and said, all right, it's going to be a lame night if we're not able to bring in a couple things, right? we got to bring in a couple things. So here's what we're going to do to throw these security people off the scent. Because it's just, you know, it's like student security. They're not... You know, it's not like armed police officers. There, you can you can talk them however you need to. That's what I thought. Like we could just here's our plan. Let's dress up like we just got done playing tennis, and let's bring two. We had so he played tennis in high school and still had two large tennis bags. Okay, so one tennis bag will have the booze in it, and then we'll kind of put towels and a couple rackets sticking out the the bag, right? And the other bag will just have tennis stuff. And if we get approached by security, and we're in our shorts and socks and headbands and everything, like, like headbands, come on, yes. did you guys run around? You gotta sell it. You got a little sweaty and out of breath. I think the headbands yeah. over might oversell it. Yeah. No, um, I, well, in retrospect, <laughs> so we we start walking up, and our plan was hopefully we can just go through that. This the, us being dressed like this and having tennis bags just makes it so that they just let us through. Plan B, if they stop us and have to check a bag, I I had the bag with just the tennis stuff, and he had the bag with the booze. Mm-hmm. I will be very friendly and say, "Oh, I, yeah, go ahead. You can you can check, you know." And I'll offer up my bag so that they probably once they search my bag, they probably won't even bother to search the other bag because why would you? It's two dudes dressed up as tennis players, right? And one of the bags because you're it's just a obvious tip off. <laughs> a couple of dudes out for tennis, yeah, yeah. And so, sure enough, like. Security guard stops us as we're walking in. Hey, how's it going? Oh, good. We're just here to visit so-and-so, a couple of friends. And uh, he goes, oh, I'm just uh, going to have to check. You know, I think he started to say, like, going to have to check. And I said, oh, yeah, 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 you, you check the bag. And so I cut him off at the pass and give him my bag. And he, <laughs> we chat him up. How's the night going so far? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's really going to throw him. Never seen that one before. <laughs> and so he searches through the one bag and zip it up and say, all right, well, thanks a lot. And he goes, Actually, uh, I should I should probably just <laughs> check through the other yep. bag too, just to just to make sure. And we're like, we didn't even say it. like we were just hoping that maybe he'd search and not find things, but like it was literally a towel on top of like three bottles of Karkov or something. <laughs> so we had to pour out everything inside oh. the lobby bathroom with him watching oh. before we could go up to oh. visit our friends. You should have just blown your friends in off. In retrospect, that point we should have gotten yeah. back in your car and gone back to your house and drank. Misplaced loyalties. Yeah. So. Wow. You guys are derelicts. Yeah. Both of you. <laughs> you know what? I'm shifting my story after hearing these two because I mean, there's kids listening right now, and my God, I don't even want to know what they're thinking or their parents are. I'm going to tell you a little story. 1984. Little Judd, Saint Therese. Four years after the 1980 Olympic hockey team had won gold. The Olympic Games, the Winter Games, are in Sarajevo, right? And right. Which is which means that the game started like nine a.m. our time, eight a.m. our time. 
So I snuck in a Walkman at the time to listen to the games, put it below my, my shirt, okay? So I've got that mm-hmm. in my desk, and then you could run the cord up through your shirt and just have the earpiece. It worked for a little while until I got caught, but it was well worth it. Because, darn it, I wanted to hear those hockey games. Now, I got plenty of booze stories, too, but these kids out there, they don't need to hear another <laughs> booze or paraphernalia story from <laughs> Dazed and Confused. Apparently. Exactly right. Interesting. I got caught eventually, but it was a good shot. <laughs> and I was young and creative. Here's the thing. Did you run the cord up through the collar, or did you run the cord up through your sleeve and just sit there like this the entire no, time? No, I brought it up Leaning through, on that sleeve. I brought it up through the shirt there and then through the collar part. Okay. See if you're a genius, you'd oh, I was you'd never put been, the headbutt or the earbud right here. I've never been sleep. accused of being a genius, Jonathan. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> no one in this room has, Jonathan. Yeah, true. Oh. <laughs> I appreciate the attempt by Phil, but I mean, headbands kind of overdoes it, no? Probably in retrospect, in probably. retrospect, and yeah. chatting up the security guard. Yeah, yeah. and probably, probably the super sh- John McEnroe. I love, shorts I love the fact fun. that you both went like you just got done playing tennis at the country club. <laughs> I think we might have misted each other down a little bit, too. Were the, I'm pretty were sure the shorts what, white? Tell me they were white shorts. Probably. Tell me it was all white with headbands. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I, I do remember that we did we did take water and like made it look like we were like had like chest sweat. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Wow. I'm going to give the point here to Rami. That's... <laughs> Ripping like you're going to Studio Fifty Four. That's, that's, <laughs> that's amazing. Chest sweat. Okay. Chest sweat. Seriously, it's some pit sweat too. Just like <laughs> make it look like we were. You make up. me feel like dancing. <laughs> Why did dance you, like one time I saw John Goodman talking about like acting methods that he uses, and if he has a scene where he needs to be sweaty and out of breath, he'll just run back and forth. So, so like on every the, John Goodman exactly, movie ever. Yeah. <laughs> but, but he'll just he'll just run back and forth on the set until he's sweaty and out of breath. Why didn't you just run the stairs and really sell this thing if you were going to go over the top? You know, there's a lot of things in retrospect that would have yeah. been differently that night. Yeah, yeah. you should have saved your booze and gone home. I'm not <laughs> <Yeah>. kidding. <laughs> That's a crime. All right. Johnny Manziel is doing an Ask Me, or he did an Ask Me Anything on Bleacher Report. That was at 4 o'clock. I'm going to read through that after we get done here. Who's the one Minnesota sports athlete you want to be able to ask literally anything, and what would you ask? Got to be current, or can they be past? Can be anything. Now, I was going to say Mike Zimmer and tell me what really happened with North Turner. That was that was my initial answer. Yeah. I want to know about the love boat. I want to interview Fred Smoot. Oh, oh, he'll he'll, oh, he'll tell. Yeah, he'll tell. Here's his phone number. I'll give it to you. You can call him tonight. Oh yeah. No, he, he's he, he, yeah. He's didn't he do a documentary about, about it? Yes. he did. Barstool Sports. Yes, it's one of the better things they've ever done. That's a pretty good one. Um, yeah, the the Mike Zimmer North Turner one. Just to to hear that whole story flushed out. From you know what I might even just go to North Turner and say what happened with Mike Zimmer. I might get that's it from not a bad idea either. The other perspective, I would go with that perspective. North Turner. I know it's not a player, and the question asked about player, but I'd want to know from North's perspective what happened there. I've got the same coach, but very different because I want an honest response here, and it's not a story; it's a feeling. Mike Zimmer, why do you hate kickers so much? <laughs> why do you absolutely despise and hate kickers? I think I know why, but I'm I'm not. Did a kicker wrong him at some point in life, like in high school or something? He was on a team where some guy who weighed 125 missed a kick. <laughs> Mike, what scarred you so bad that you hate these people with every fiber of your being? 
been my question. That's a good one. Although I, I still really do want to know more about the love boat. So Rami's going to get the point here. Fred Smoot. There we go. I mean, is there really Big any win? There's is, nothing to know about it. Is there anything that we don't know there's about gotta at be. this point? Or oh. anything that you can't mm-hmm. fill in with your imagination? No, there's not, though. There's got to be. No, there's just to be. No, there's not. I mean, serious? May, maybe a little more play-by-play of guys we, we don't know. But we know we know down to the detail what Bryant McKinney was doing. And how many times? Yes. <laughs> and I don't feel I'm in a position to list what it was, but it was something that you ordinarily don't do in public. Some people don't even do it in private. That's, this is actually very true. Nah, everyone does it in private. Um, no, I think Phil's right here, Rummy. How about the fact... How about the fact too? Got more details around. Here's my here's my question. How did you go through all of this? You got the boats, you got everything. You flew in strippers from Atlanta, and I'll never understand how the the crew that staffed those boats were Minnetonka High School kids. Like, what person didn't say, you know, we should probably get a private staff? <laughs> That's. Like who did we hire our own? People. Why do you have to fly in strippers from Atlanta? That's what Burke said. Is the state of Minnesota strippers that? That's what Matt Burke said. What a slap in the face to our local strippers! Exactly, it's true. I haven't frequented any of the clubs in town yet, but I can't imagine that you got to go all the way to Atlanta to find find good strippers, do you? Atlanta, I guess, is really good. That's Why right is here. everyone so quiet while I'm asking this? Question? I just said no. Well, I said you dropped the word. No, about, yet. I'm asking about Minnesota. I don't know. <laughs> What makes the Atlanta one so good? When we come back, we'll dive in. As, as, Burke, as Burke said once, we put the fun and dysfunctional at the Vikings. Mackie and Judd, with, speaking of dysfunctional, we are Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-news score north. All right, Mackie and Judd with Rami. Score north and the score north mobile app. So Rami... This is the first time that you're catching wind of what happened a week and a half ago in the Little League World Series. What What is happening? Where Massachusetts' Evan Blake hit a home run over the center field scoreboard to put his team up 10-1 to 1 over Rhode Island. And uh, even Rhode Island... 10-1? to 1? I didn't even know 10 the to score. One. I didn't yep. even know the game situation. It was a blowout. It was bad. And uh, as he rounded the bases, as fans ran to the woods to retrieve the ball, by the way, because it was a shot. It was a moonshot. This hitter received high fives from the Rhode Island third baseman. And as he approached home plate, the pitcher who gave up the home run came over to the foul line and offered a high five to say, yeah, that was that was a bomb. That was pretty cool. What is happening? And look, I'm the last guy to get on. And talk about the wussification of America or to, you know, think that we shouldn't pimp home runs and pitchers should be offended if a, if a batter celebrates what he did. But this is going a little too far, isn't it? Of being a good sport, going and high-fiving your opponent. I got bad news for you, Just dude. went super yard on you. Going back to in my... In a 10-to-1 blowout? Going back to my childhood in Babe Ruth games, I recall that there were certain pitchers when they would give up home runs, would go to the third baseline, wait for the guy to round the bases, and then congratulate him. What is that? And this was in the late 70s, early 80s. I'm all for post-game sportsmanship. Yes. And, like, soccer does the jersey Fine. swap, right? Fine. Yeah. And and the handshake line at the end of playoff series in hockey, for instance, 
where they go and they 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 had blood and sweat and tears for seven games and they go and they let bygones be bygones and they shake hands. I can't get behind this. I'm sorry. I, 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 it, there's a lot of people out there who are saying, for one, you're not a parent, and two, these are ten year olds, eleven year olds. Can't there be some line that we draw? Can't there be? There can some... be some competitiveness. Yes. And the world is a competitive place. One of the things that got me ready for that was playing sports. And it wasn't going around patting each other on the back and everybody and everybody did a good job today. No, when when you lost, you lost and you felt it and you should feel it. And when you win, you felt it and you should feel it. How do you even know how to how to handle loss later in life? Are you going to high five the dude who got the job instead of you? What what are we doing? Kids are, yes. Yeah, learn how to drink. What is happening? Oh, you got you guys. This thing is jumping a shark right now, though. Seriously, I mean, kids are now so insulated from from the reality of what they are potentially going to face as adults. We're going to have a lot of adults within the next twenty years who have no idea how to adjust. Think about it. They all get trophies. I, the, these are cliches, but but they're now uh, largely true. They all get trophies. Parents, think about how much parents now work to keep their kids from seeing what's real. Like, we all see that. So, unfortunately, to your point, you're right, but I don't know where it ends. Yeah, I'm all about, like, being an optimist and being positive and those things. And, hey, you know, not taking... You don't have to be devastated by giving up a home run. Have a have an optimistic worldview that, hey, give up a home run, we lost 10-1, to life goes on, and I'm fine with that. But, like... I don't know, giving a high five to a guy who just hit a ball. I know that we're talking about 11-year-olds. I get it. I think, Doesn't right? Matter. Are they 11? I think they're 11. Maybe they're like 12. I think it's all 10 to 12. Except for Daniel Monte. Right. That guy was like 40, throwing 90 miles He's good stuff. <laughs> really good stuff. Yeah. And you know what? That kid, throwing on a, the right throwing, track. Throwing a cutter. <laughs> on the right track. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Um, he closer stuff. I don't know. If you guys have different thoughts on that, if, there, if there's something we're missing, feel free to hit us up. none of us are parents. Maybe we're missing something here. Six, the, six five one six four six eight two five five. If you want to chime in, as the childless losers that we all are, maybe we just don't understand what's happening here. But I, I can't, I can't imagine ever as a kid growing up high fiving somebody who just hit a home well, run off me or just crossed. Explain the to me this. My team. In, in all seriousness, explain to me why there is a need now for, for like if kids participate to get a trophy. Or a, I mean, we now go down through. Well, you finished in sixth place, but here's that sixth place trophy. Like, what? Why do we do that? So, so this doesn't. This isn't even really a new phenomenon. You know, I'm 34 years old, and I remember this would have been like junior high, early high school. So, like the late 90s, like the late, like mid late 90s ish, and we would play in baseball tournaments, and like we went, like we won a couple baseball tournaments, and you get the first place medal or trophy or whatever, but there was a bunch of baseball tournaments where we would get like, we'd go, you lose your first game, consolation bracket, boom, you lose, maybe you win a game, you lose, and you're just like seventh place, and they would still give you a medal to put around your neck. It wouldn't say the place number, but it would be like, you showed up, and you played in a tournament, yeah, you showed up and you played in a tournament, congratulations. I just don't know. Why? I'm not going to get outraged over it, but I don't know what the value is. Why do I know? Yeah, what did you take from that? Like at the time, not now. Like even at the time, I wasn't going to wear that. Right. What's what am I bragging about? What am I? My common sense it, told you that this is not there. There's nothing to be proud about for going 
one and two and yeah. say finishing in seventh place. In fact, if I were to accept it and wear it or showcase it in some way, I'd be lying about, like, what if somebody asked me about it, let's say I had it displayed or something, and somebody asked me, oh, what, what's, the, what's the trophy for? What's the medal for? Oh, thanks for asking. <laughs> Finished ninth place in a baseball tournament in high school. Out of what, a thousand? Like... No, out of 16. Yeah. Out of 10. <laughs> Al tweets in, we now go live to the Score North Studios where three adults complain about kids enjoying the coolest thing of their childhood. <laughs> Not really. Like, okay, I see. I, what he's saying is... Getting a bomb hit off just, you, that was a great moment in your childhood. I think what he's saying is that kid is having a blast playing baseball, and he's not taking it as life or death and not taking it seriously. And that's whatever. I'm sure that's that's fine, but I can go without the high five. Yeah, and I'm a millennial, by the way. You're kind of a, you're technically a millennial. actually. I just found out what I am recently. I'm an Xennial, which is it's like a two year window right in between Gen I'm, X. I'm Gen and X, millennials. right? It was described 49? as people who had analog childhoods and digital adulthoods. Okay, that makes sense. Perfectly describes me. Hold on a second. So that's like 1980 to 82. Yeah, I was born in late 79. So yeah, I would say it's like yeah, 80 to 82 probably. Okay. Yeah, I'm Gen X. Yeah, yacht rock era. Yes, exactly. The Yacht Rock Generation, as they call it. (laughs) As nobody calls it. Loafers, no socks. Phil does. Don't worry about it. Can I ask you guys something real quick? We have a few minutes left of the segment, right? Something came up, and I honestly, people have asked me how this came up. Don't remember at all. Go back and listen to the Score North First Place Twins show anywhere you download podcasts or on the Score North mobile app if you're interested in how and where this started. But somehow, someway, today, on the Twins show today, we got into... Who would win a Score North staff boxing tournament? Your thoughts, Phil Mackey. Danny Cunningham. See, I thought so too, and that's that's the first answer everybody gives. Because Danny, young, athletic, like six feet tall. Yep, played college He's football. The youngest. He's just a young athletic dude, right? Youngest, most athletic dude on the staff. So we took this to Danny after we got off the air, and he said, "No chance. I got two bad shoulders." Like, one of his shoulders... Oh, so he's saying he can't throw the punches that are necessary. Yeah, one of his shoulders could fall out at any moment. Okay. I'll, I hadn't I'll thought about that, but that, in terms of, like, everything, if he could throw punches, he'd have more endurance. Here's the here's the key, okay, when it comes to boxing from a guy who's never stepped foot inside of any kind of ring, all right? I think it's just about, can you not pass out from exhaustion before your opponent? <laughs> if you can just get to, like, the third or fourth round... But if and you can't you have th- if a Danny, full gas tank, if Danny can't throw a punch. Yeah, but you might wear yourself might get, out. But he might get knocked out in the first round if he can't throw a punch and his opponent can. He might not get to the second question. or third round. Boy, that's the fact that he might not be able to throw. Is he saying he can't throw a punch? He's just saying he I didn't get too in depth or in detail with him. If Danny's listening, he can call in. Danny's but, in terrible shape physically. Right. Like, like of all the injuries he's he's suffered. He felt you're but saying like he's like, got bad hips, but he's in good cardio shape. He right. plays basketball, right? But he can barely move at times. He, he can sat, dunk. He sat out. He sat out the the championship game of the pickup basketball league that he and Collar and a bunch of guys are, are in because he was having Achilles problems and felt that. And I told him, I said, "Okay, so you're telling me that KD played through it, blew his Achilles up, but he played through it, and you couldn't show up when it <laughs> mattered most." Cunningham, Buxton, these guys, they Dude, don't play when it matters. Kobe shot the free throws. Yeah. It with Kobe it. shot yes. the free throws. I told mm-hmm. Cunningham, this is a this is a joke. Yeah. This is an embarrassment okay. to the score north staff. Okay, let's put Danny in a separate bin here. Because right. health is the concern. Right. You know, Danny's like 
you know, he's like, uh, you know, there's a you're trying to put together a bullpen, and you're not quite sure about Craig Kimbrell's elbow, but like you knew if the elbow was good, <laughs> right? Exactly. He's your closer, right? Yeah. Like if Danny could throw a, or even a even like a left jab, I trust him to not pass out from exhaustion. Sure. Because okay? boxing is, ex- I think that's the thing a lot of people don't realize. If you've never done any sort of boxing training or yeah. gone around with somebody, it is exhausting. So how would you guys seed? The next like five fighters from okay. Score North. So, take, so Danny's out, right? Well, let's just put him in a different category a lot for of a us, second. A lot of us were thinking Manny because of height and reach, but Manny himself says that he would basically be Butterbeam because he's his cardio wouldn't be <laughs> out of shape. His yeah, cardio his is cardio so he's like two rounds, and if he doesn't get you in two yeah, rounds, exactly, he's just going to throw he's the gonna towel. Sit in. back and throw haymakers. <laughs> yeah, <Sure, it's> <laughs> he's just going to throw bombs, and that's it. Judd said he's going to he's going to throw the fight. Judd just doesn't want to get hit. I so. want to get hit. So I I go <laughs> glass jaw. Judd's taking a dive. The funny thing glass is, jaw, size, take a dive. size wise and pre fight ability to like trash talk and promote. I think Judd checks a lot of boxes. I don't know if Judd's ready to rumble, though. No, I'm not. But that's why I, I would talk the talk, privately bet against myself, and then the first punch that came near my jaw, I'm down. You done? So I lose the fight, I make money, and I had fun. And I never got hurt. Okay. Fair enough. And then, uh, who's? I guess, me. I'm. I guess I'm part of this, right? Now, I think I would surprise some people. I really do. I know I don't look like I'm in great shape, but a lot of that has to do with the fact that I lost a lot of weight about 10 years ago, like 135 pounds. So I got like this loose, flabby skin that looks, I look like a fat guy. When I'm wearing a shirt, I look like a fat guy. I got the man boobs, I got the rolls, but I'm telling you, I work out intensely for about an hour, three to five days a week. I'm throwing big weights. My heart rate is up. I'm throwing big weights. My, my heart rate is up all for, a, for a solid hour. I think if we take Danny out of the equation. Not now, bro. I'm in the zone. I think if we Not take, now, Chief. I think, Rocky, what's going on? Why did you agree to this? We fight in Soviet Union, but we fight nowhere. I think if Danny is out of the equation. I think I'm winning this thing, guys. I think I come out on top wow. of this thing. Wow. I really do. I really do. Do we need to at the Minnesota State Fair? Where's so, Collar, by the way? Set up a boxing ring. Where's Collar? Let's in let's get to Collar on this in a second. But like we have, so our State Fair Collar booth, doesn't strike me as a fighter. Sorry, go ahead. He's definitely like Collar's definitely the one that would, with his mouth, would start the fight or would start <laughs> something. Yeah. But then I think he wisely would preserve and back out. You know. <laughs> Where Rami would just go all in. <laughs> Health be damned. I've been in one. So first of all, I'm five foot eight, and like I've been in one fight in my life, and it was an eighth grade gym class, and it was at best a draw. Not quite sure what the judges would have ruled. So I would put myself like of the ten people. I'm like with Ross, like me and Ross. And- <laughs> I don't know, Jonathan. How scrappy are you? Uh, I'd probably chicken out. <laughs> I got it. I got, well, no, I'm like I'll throw, I'll throw, I'll throw, like if needed. But I'm just saying, like I'd go in and get buzzsawed by, oh yeah, you know somebody. I did my fair share of scrapping growing up, mostly with my brother. And people think, oh, like brothers are going to take it easy. Like me and my brother would get and knock down. My brother broke my nose twice in fights. Like we would get and knock down, drag out fights that would go on forever and end with blood. <laughs> wow! Yeah, well, we do have our state fair booth has sort of a ring-like structure mm-hmm. to the front porch. 
So maybe we'll either uh, open up for anyone on the Scorner staff who wants to challenge you or just flat out anyone at the ferry who wants to challenge can, you. Can Collar scrap? Because Collar's tall. He's got reach. Yeah, he's got all the physical, like, he's got, a, he's got some endurance because he plays basketball. Does have endurance. Yeah. I don't know about oh. Collar. I can't tell. Hmm. I think it might come down to me and Collar. I think that might be your final match. Let's do this live, Labor Day. <laughs> if we did this, though, you, you would have to knock him out within Fighting two rounds. out of the blue corner. Because I think you're... Bruce Buffer. I got a good hour of increased heart rate in me, Judd. I'm telling you. I do this regularly. I have a good yeah. hour of increased heart rate in me. I'm just trying to th- think of where I'd put my bet, and I'd probably put it on Collar, unless you could knock him out quickly. Hmm. What is your what preferred you cardio do, of choice? Um, I use the elliptical. Or I just do like uh, like plyo exercises, like up downs or mountain climbers or things like that. Just trying to envision Robbie jumping right now. jacks. <laughs> it's like in Rocky Four garb. I like the phrase. I'm throwing weights, <laughs> throwing Every, big weights, I'm throwing, throwing big throwing weights. weights. Where does that come from? Drop. That's good. Oh, that's great. Amazing. Uh, you know, actually, someone that we didn't even include in this, Patrick Royce. Oh yeah, he's the winner. Could he throw down? <laughs> well, we'll wrap with Royce when we come back. Mackie and Judd with Rami on Score North. And by the way, on scorenorth.com, I believe we have our state fair schedule up. And soon we'll let you know what the Score North shirts are going to be here in the next couple days. Let's talk about Luther Brookdale Toyota for a second. 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. Just two months in now to my brand new RAV4 XLE. Couldn't love it more. I love all of the, uh, the, the technology that makes me feel dumb sometimes, but is also very easy to navigate. That Apple CarPlay uh, or the Entune system, you got that screen that gives you, uh, like today, for instance, I didn't want to break any laws, and so I was literally just like verbally texting with people while driving a car and uh, not getting pulled over by police because Toyotas have great technology and safety features. And Luther Brookdale Toyota is the best combination of those durable and uh, and high-functioning Toyotas and some of the best, most knowledgeable people in the industry, on the showroom side and on the service side. People that I have been going to for half my life, going back to when I first started driving. 694 Brooklyn Boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. 542 here at Score North. Time for the Score North download. Vikings get the 25 to 19 win yesterday, last night actually, over the Seattle Seahawks. Kirk Cousins gets a primetime win under his belt. Early on in the season, well, preseason, well, we won't judge him for that. We will judge him on his performance, 6 for 8 for 68 yards. What did you think about that? What did you think about the other two quarterbacks? Kyle Sloat, Sean Mannion, 11 of 13 for 116 yards for Sloater, 11 of 14 for 88 yards for Sean Mannion. What were your thoughts, Vikings fans, of how the quarterbacks did or how Laquan Treadwell did? Four receptions, 47 yards. Vikings are reportedly shopping him, according to Zimmer. No, no, that would showcased never him. Showcasing him, that Loves would never him. happen. Of course not. So, what were your thoughts on the preseason game yet last night, Vikings fans? Hit us up at Score North on Twitter at SKOR North on Twitter with your thoughts. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. Thank you, Jonathan Harrison. And now time to wrap with Royce and Patrick. I'm sure you were in front of your television right last night, paying close <laughs> attention to that Vikings game. I confess to you that I forgot they played until I opened up the paper this morning about 
I was, in fact, last night I watched uh, City on a Hill and Showtime, and it was, uh, you know, and then I, afterwards I said, oh, I wonder what else there is to watch. And I couldn't think of anything. Imagine my surprise this morning when I uh, saw that uh, they had uh, they had played last night. But what the heck, uh, according to what I saw, the headlines, they fixed the offense. She's rolling, so that's good. Did uh our guy Jonathan didn't just give Cousins credit for a primetime victory, did he? Did I Jokingly, I did. <laughs> okay. Jokingly. Well, I missed the humor there. I, I hope. I hope there was. It was like Twitter. Victory. Subtle. <laughs> I hope it was. I hope there was. Some there was heavy there. sarcasm what implied mean? It there. It was a primetime football game last night. Give some credit. Yes, I guess. I guess it That's. Uh, you know, a victory, and I, I do we have uh, and Sloter through two TDs, so we got Kyle Sloter. We still have Kyle Sloter fever, then uh, that's good. So, uh, cousins have a bad opener. We want Slaughter, Sloter, whatever the hell his name is. But who's the other? Who's the is the backup? The other guy, Mannion. Is he going to be the backup? He's going to be the backup. What do you think, that's John? Yes, yes, he's the backup. Sloter mm-hmm. at best would be the third quarterback if they keep three on the roster. Okay. Yeah, I think they can pass it through waivers. I wouldn't get too worried. They could probably get him to the practice spot again. Oh, oh, oh man. Oh, Tyler, many, Tyler Thigpen. He's the Joe always. Montana of the preseason, Pat. <laughs> how many years do you get, though? How many years can you stay on the practice squad? Oh, he's just done with that. He's passed that, yeah. He's got to make it. It's like three? He's got to make it. Yeah, three years. Okay. Remember all the angst about Brad Childress, Tyler Thigpen. Oh, Thigpen. Coastal oh, Carolina's terrible. own. And seventh round pick. To, uh, didn't he go and play either in Carolina, Kansas or City, or someplace well, he had to get? Well, he went to Kansas City because Kansas City saw him against the Vikings in those scrimmages. But then he actually started for the Bills for a while, didn't he? Yeah, they signed him as a free agent. Yeah, the Vikings tried to sign him yeah. back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, we were very upset at, at Brad. That might have been the start of Chili's uh, downfall. Right? That and the. Uh, that in the little play card was a big problem. I mean, he had the big play. He had the big Musky had the small one. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The big, the big play card. Where's Musgrave these days? He was. Did he get fired again somewhere in Carolina or someplace? He got replaced by. I don't know. He was in Denver. Denver as OC last year, but then they changed coaches. Yeah, he was a coordinator in Denver last year. They weren't very good. As I've said, as I've said. Coordinators, man, greatest invention in the history of coaching. I can blame them when I stink. <laughs> it's great. If I'm a lousy head coach, I can blame my coordinator. It's beautiful. It's a, it's a great thing. That was great. So uh, we get uh, we're very risky tonight. Uh, Gibby pitching and down day seven relievers. Huh? You think they can uh, survive here? Yeah, they uh, they're in a they're in a kind of a precarious spot here. Also, because you still have Martin Perez in the rotation, and Jose Barrios is operating at about fifty percent or whatever oh. he's at right now. Wow! Oh yeah, they're well. They, none of them went six right in the four game sweep in Texas. I don't think any of them went six. I think they averaged five, and uh, you know, Jose didn't make five. He was like four. And, a third or something like that, four and two thirds. Yeah, it's it is it is astounding that you go down there and you win four games and you can be in panic about the starting rotation. It's uh, it's uh, it's it's pretty amazing. But I suppose you know when Buxton gets if and when Buxton gets back, they can just send out Gabe. But hell, that might be almost September first anyway. So uh, yeah, this will be 
So who do they get rid of though if uh, if they need another relief pitcher? Who's who's? I mean, because they can't let Cave go and not have any outfielders because you know then that would make Gonzalez their third outfielder, right? So I, I don't know. They can't they can't wait till next year. These teams when they got a twenty six player roster, right? you know, you won't have these kind of crises that you have right now. Yeah, I'm not. I don't know who they would have to. Who I mean, would be the casualty in that. Well, in and that when case. does Williams Astadio come back? That's Sept- true. September when rosters are expanded. Yeah, makes don't sense. you don't you get don't you get the impression? Did you see the quote a few days ago? He's got to work on his catching. We need him to get, really get down there and, and work <laughs> on his catching. And it sounded like that was saying, uh, "Yeah, don't uh, don't hold your breath. He's not coming back till September 1st. And uh, yeah, I don't I don't think there's any any way they bring him back. Hey, the little second baseman screwed up everything. <laughs> He's too good, right? Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, that's uh, you know, I I don't think they pull a plug out scope either. Do you? I, that that would be a possibility, but I don't think they will pull a plug out of him. So that would surprise me if Rocco uh, did that, Pat. Yeah, you know, I don't think Rocco has anything to do with it, but uh, you know, Rocco might not approve. But uh, the, the, those decisions are being made at another level, I believe. On our roster, I don't think all this roster. You know, he can certainly give them his recommendations, but mm-hmm. I, I don't think. I think he's like damn or every other manager in baseball. He's not calling the shots anymore. Pat, let me ask you the uh, burning question around Score North today, which is uh, if we were to hold a boxing tournament of all these Score North personalities and staff members, and Danny Cunningham ruled him, he said he has no chance because of his two bad shoulders. That seems to be everybody's first answer. Who do you think, Patrick Royce, wins a boxing tournament? Uh, I gotta go for the African-American guy. I gotta go for Betty. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta go for the Sugar Ray Robinson of the staff. That's, uh, I'm going with Manny. Hey, Manny himself, oh, com- Manny compared himself to Butterbean. Yeah, Manny, today. Manny said if he didn't win it in the first round or two, he was done because he's just gonna <laughs> sit back and throw haymakers. He'd win it the first round. You guys would be running around the ring like a bunch of sissies when you saw that big lump coming. <laughs> Get you in the corner and just start pounding you on the top of the head until you were talking about a foot tall. So I, I'm going with Manny. Pat, have you ever been in a have you ever been in a fist fight in your life? Oh, not an adult. You know, maybe as a twelve year old kid someplace, okay. but I can't I I can't remember. Not as an adult. Oh, I'm uh, even in my drinking days. I never I never really got mean. I was I was. A, I was an affable drunk, which helped, you know, so I never, never really, I, I helped, uh, I helped mollify some guys and smooth them over a little bit, but no, I never, never got in a fight. I, you know, the closest I ever came to dying was when Ron Jackson came after me down in spring training with a bat, but, uh, that was, uh, you know, as I told him, Hey, Ron. You don't need the bat. You can handle me without the bat, okay? So, uh, but, uh, no, really, uh, no, never, never, never did. There was a security guard at, uh, Williams Arena who threw me on the floor once after a tough go for loss because he didn't think I should be proceeding to the, to the locker room yet. And, uh, uh, there was a few pushes, but, uh, and a few, uh, vile, uh, comments made. On both part by both parties, but uh, not there was no punches thrown. I guess uh, that that was thirty years ago. So, yeah, I'm not much of a fighter. 
Which loss was that? You remember? I'm not sure. Dutch was coaching. I know Dutch was coaching, so that's how long ago it was. And Dutch left in 86, so hell, it's 35 years ago, right? You know, you know, we used to hop up and walk across the floor to get to the locker room, yeah. you know, off the, around the side of the floor. And, uh, back when I was on the field and some guy was, uh, some guy was uh, upset that they lost and decided that we weren't going to do that anymore. So I don't know what happened to him, but yeah, he was, a, he was an, he had an anger management problem because they lost the basketball game. So. Yeah, I can't imagine a Gopher supporter would be mad at Patrick Royce too. <laughs> All the gopher holders want to still beat you well, up in your seventy three. That was, yeah, but that was way before. Uh, that was way before social media. I know. They, uh, you know. They didn't. They didn't. They weren't quite as able to fire themselves up. I can't remember much back then. You know, that was. I suppose by then I already had them yelling at me when I walked at the arena. Write something good. Write, write something good. And I always say it's not up to me. It's up to them. I got nothing to do with it. If, you know, if they if they stink, you're going to have to read that. If they if they play gloriously, you're going to read that. So don't blame me. Blame them. <laughs> if if I ever got in a discussion, usually I just wave down. But uh, yeah, there were a few. There were a few. I mean, there's been some angry Gopher fans, but never never. You know, I felt threatened. Yeah. Even Babu has never hit me. You know, <laughs> she oh, thought about you it. Still got time. Don't yeah. worry about it. Uh, well, 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 Pat, give us a preview of what's coming up on Unchained tonight. Well, it's a pretty mild uh, show. What did you say, Joe? Uh, Joe, 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 Judd. Uh, you uh, and Joe Judd, are great together. Uh, it was a, it was a pretty mild show until uh, Judd got me fired up about my big complaint these days, which is that uh, on the crawl. <laughs> on soccer, they put the home team on the left instead of the right, which is anti-American. We're never going to make this country again great again if we allow that to happen. And uh, we should boycott ESPN and Stelly Park. Start putting the score over. So, the so you're right so you're saying you're saying that Cory Booker and Kamala Harris and Joe Biden are campaigning on the wrong premise entirely. <laughs> That's right. Okay. That's right. He threatened to run. Hey. Hey. Yes. Uh, you know, I think they should, uh, I think they should go see the trumpeter and said, okay, we'll let you buy Greenland, but only if you get the soccer team to put the home team over on the right hand side or belongs that over on the left. It's very confusing for us red blooded Americans to see this. And I don't know why we're allowing this to happen. Terrible. Uh, you can find that whole discussion coming up next yeah, it's fantastic. on Royce Unchained. All right, Pat, we'll talk tomorrow. Go yeah. Greenland. I'm moving to Greenland. The hell with you. <laughs> All right, see you, Pat. <laughs> I hear it's beautiful. Uh, is Greenland It's not for sale. Colder than... Isn't yes. it that Greenland, Greenland is colder than Iceland? Greenland yes. is mostly ice. Iceland is mostly green. Although all of it is going to be trying to, All of it is going to be green soon. But we're trying to buy... <laughs> Something six five currently. one six four. <laughs> it's not for sale. No, so it's not for sale. But we want to buy it. It is not for sale yet. You know what? Let's buy it and move a sports team there, and make sure that the bottom crawl has Jonathan. You ever you ever think about that as a red blooded American sports fan? Yeah, I actually looked home, it up the, the first time I heard him right. complain about it. It was something Americans changed back in the fifties when TV came around. 
Because of baseball. But why don't we do it with MLS scores in this country on ESPN? Because MLS follows soccer tradition. But does ESPN have to follow that? Yeah, I guess. Was that part of their that. like? Was that part of their negotiation? Oh, just one last thing. You have to do it this way. When you're way. putting the Houston Dynamo, Fox score, Sports North right? does, uh, does the same thing, right? With uh, the scores. Yep. So yeah. they, yeah, they all just go with the, the tradition. They go with the soccer thing. Yeah. yeah. Chad. Chad just tweeted in. So guys, just realized who would win a boxing match? Courtney Cronin. Would win. It's true. Yeah, that's probably it's right. It's actually hundred yeah. percent absolutely yeah. right. I didn't even think of her <laughs> yeah. being involved, but as she was, yeah. I'm yeah. still taking a dive. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us anywhere on demand that you find your favorite podcast, Apple, Spotify, and it really helps us if you give us a five star review and tell us who you think in that review would win a boxing tournament. From the score North people, it's you know. Rami. Harnessing the moisture.